everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Mill Spouse Moguls. I am your host, Moni Jefferson, and I'm really excited to have a special guest with us here today, Labora Lindsay. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I feel like I haven't talked to you in so long, and this is going to be a really great time to catch up and learn more about what you are doing. So welcome to today's episode. <laughs> Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, this is a really great opportunity to share more about uh, your advocacy, your efforts, and we're going to be diving into celebrating diversity and inclusion in the entrepreneurship world and as a military spouse as well. So let's just take it off and tell our audience if they don't know you a little bit more about yourself and how you became a military spouse. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Lapora. Um, I became a military spouse now almost 15 years. So back in 2008 was the official time when I became a, a military spouse. Um, I met my husband in Pensacola, Florida. Navy. Go Navy. Uh, sorry, Moni. <laughs> I forgive you. <laughs> um, so yeah, but ever since then, it's just been a, a learning process as far as learning more about the military, like you always think you know, yeah. and then another duty station will teach you that you don't, yeah. <laughs> right? And then also just learning about entrepreneurship and learning about how to grow myself. And I'm always about learning. I'm always about growing. And it's just, it's been a, a blast since then. We have two kids and um, hopefully pretty soon my husband will be retiring soon. <laughs> yeah. So are you guys trying to do the whole 20? Oh yeah, we're past the 20. <laughs> oh my gosh, wait, you said 15 years. So I was thinking, oh, you guys are at the 15 year mark. He joined yeah, before, he was in for like six years before we met. So he gotcha. got that, gotcha. that part out the way. <laughs> we're at 21 and I'm just like, every time uh, Roy brings up um, thinking about like purchasing a permanent place to live, I get really anxious oh. because it's hard. You know, it's hard for us to think of like, wait, a permanent, like I'm not gonna move. Like everything that I decide on has to is permanent. <laughs> So, well, awesome. I want to learn more about your entrepreneurship journey um, so that people know like what you yeah. do and what types of services or products you provide and how you got started in entrepreneurship to begin with. Yeah. So my my journey with entrepreneurship has been like a back and forth relationship type deal. Um, I actually started my first business back in 2015 or 2016, I, I don't remember, but um, it was specifically for resume writing at the time. And I absolutely enjoyed it. And actually the reason that I started that business was because I couldn't find any work. Mm -hmm. I was pregnant at the time and I had a toddler and nobody wanted to hire me. Um, whenever I would go in for an interview, I'm not saying anything, but I'm just saying that was the, it's you know. <laughs> it, it truly is the truth. I mean, your story and the way that you're um, sharing why you started is the reason why majority of spouses begin their businesses. Yeah. Yeah. We're kind of forced into that situation, but you, you end up finding all of the value in it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I started that and I enjoyed it, but I, it wasn't what I wanted to do. It was kind of difficult honestly, at the time, because the kids were so young and I wasn't making enough to be able to afford childcare. So I ended up um, working for another company and I closed that business. And then again, back in 2021, the whole situation just kind of represented itself. Now the kids are older. And so the focus of my business has now changed. We're more so now I'm an advocate for accountability and authenticity in the workplace. So really just training employees or training teams on how to bring value into the work that they do and training employers on how to increase employee engagement. So it's just been this ever evolving uh, process with that. With all of that, I published a book last September 
which goes along those lines of being able to bring that value into what you do. Um, and that book is called Bottom of the Food Chain, A Fresh Perspective on How Your Career Impact Goes Beyond Your Job Title. But just with all of that, I've learned so much and I'm still learning and I'll never be in a place where I feel like I know it all because I don't. And so I'm always up for getting advice, mentorship, whatever the case may be, because it's it's helpful and it's been so helpful throughout this time. I love to hear the evolution and how you talk about, hey, I close that business down. We were talking the other day about <coughs> failure and how sometimes when you have to pivot or close things down, a lot of people see that as failure. But as you said, you kind of learned as you went along and it has helped. I never, I never consider failure part of the entrepreneurship dirty journey. Mm -hmm. I figure it is a stepping stone to something else. So you're learning every single time you're evolving through like the work efforts that you've been doing by working for somebody. And now you're taking all of that and doing what you do now. So let's talk a little bit more about diversity and inclusion. And why do you think they're important in the entrepreneurship world? Because you said you wrote a book, bottom mm -hmm. of by the way, I love the name. Like, I love the name. The name alone makes you want to pick it up and say, like, what is this about? Um, I have not read it, so I need to get it on my mill spouse must reads list because I try to buy every single book from any spouse that's an author because I think it's important to support our stories and our journeys. And I'm sure that book has some of your story in it as well. So we're just getting a sneak peek in this interview of your story. So tell us a little bit more about why you think it's important um, to have uh, diversity and inclusion and define it within an entrepreneurship space. Um, I think it's important because like there are, the way I like to think about it, like, I don't know why I'm just thinking about mustard. Maybe I'm getting hungry. Um, so, <laughs> so like you have mustard, right? And you have all of these different products of, of what mustard is. Like, I don't even know the products. They're all in yellow bottles. So I don't really pay attention to the names, right? But they're there for a reason. And the reason why is because people want different things. Whether you have a product, whether you have a service, people want to buy because of the cost. People want to buy because of the convenience. People want to buy because of why someone is selling. And that comes with diversity and inclusion. So a lot of times people don't think or even accessibility, like people don't think about entrepreneurship or the entrepreneur world as being something where diversity and inclusion is necessary. But it's so necessary because just imagine if you and I were wearing the exact same thing right now. Right. It's just kind of like, well, like, where is the where is the variety? My earrings falling off. I'll keep going. Where okay. is the variety? Uh, Sarah Jessica Parks, her whole wig fell off the other day, honey. She just kept <laughs> preaching on stage. <laughs> Make sure this one stays in. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like, where is also like things that specifically resonate with you? All of our experiences are going to be different, but sometimes we have experiences that overlap. Mm -hmm. And there is a reason for that. But having so having that diversity. But also acknowledging that it's a reality and accepting that, but including it into what you do is so very important because even if you think it's just a situation for you, when you include that into what you do as an entrepreneur, you will find that other people can relate to yeah. that because you have included your diversity into your product or service. And I was going to say when you were talking, uh, what always comes up, and I talk about this all the time, is... Um, representation matters, yes. you know, as a Latina military spouse who has done what I have done when I go and speak at places, I have other Latina spouses coming up to me and say, oh my gosh, 
I'm so glad I met you. Congratulations. Um, so thank you for representing us and uh, things like that, that are really humbling. Mm -hmm. And it's those moments that I realize you're doing more than just advocating for whatever your efforts are. It's your represent, it shows other people that you, that they can do it. Um, and so when you're going and speaking to organizations, is this something, a topic that you touch on as well? Yes. So I, I do in the sense of, um, so my book, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about it. The, the book bottom of the food chain is about understanding that regardless of what position or title you hold specifically as it relates to the workplace, how we all have something invaluable to offer that can affect the overall success of that. That means that we're all bringing something different to the table that can be helpful. And a lot of times when people, um, limit themselves to what their job title is, they limit themselves by a lot because it's, oh, well, mm -hmm. I'm just, you know, an administrative assistant, or I'm just an instructor, or I'm just a, a, uh, a writer. I'm just this, mm -hmm. I'm just that, all of these, I'm just, but take that out. Like, no, that's one part of who you are, but that mm -hmm. is not your whole um, identity. The, the other thing that I, I, I incorporate as well is because I'm doing trainings and workshops, workshops as falls under learning and development. And so with that, I also understand as a trainer and as a facilitator that people learn different ways. You have a sequential learner versus an intuitive learner. You have a reflective learner versus an active. You have auditory, you have visual, yeah. you have all of these different things. And so I try to incorporate that into my training, whether it's virtual or, or in person, like you, if somebody wants to, you can, like somebody wants to sit and talk to me, you can sit and talk to me, but I may be able to repeat back, oh, I don't know, five, 10% because my attention span is very short, <laughs> right? But if I'm engaged, if I'm active, then I start to enjoy it more. And so knowing that my learning is different than other people's, I try to incorporate every single thing that I can when I'm facilitating trainings, because I don't want anybody to be left out of the mix and being able to receive what it is that I'm sharing. Yeah, and I was gonna say too, um, I have children that have ADHD and anxiety and they learn differently and at a different pace. So having mm -hmm. materials, having PowerPoints, verbalizing it, um, things that they could touch, everybody learns in a different ways and their body, their brain is stimulated sometimes by action. So if they're touching or writing or filling things in, um, I learned this recently because my friend Megan is neurodivergent. She says, and she's like, I'm typing and doing stuff, but I'm listening to you. And mm -hmm. so some people feel like if, we're not looking exactly at you, right? That we're not paying attention. That's not the case. They're focused, but they need to be doing something or taking notes at the same time. So I really love how you're looking more, um, not only at, at as our, our colors, as, as in people or black or white or brown, you're also looking at the way people learn and how to communicate that and how to make people feel like they can also grasp whatever you're teaching them. I, I absolutely love that. So how do you personally celebrate and promote diversity and inclusion in your business and in your community? Now, we know this is already something that you do, but you're mm -hmm. also your own brand. So how are you doing that from day to day on your platform or with the people that are around you? Yeah, so it, it really is just about being my my true self, right? And I and I know that we hear that often, but I really mean that. So I'll share this quick story. So as you notice, like I, I'm bald, right? Um, <laughs> I've been I've had alopecia areata since maybe I was 14, which is essentially where I'll have like bald patches that result on my head, and sometimes all my hair grows back, sometimes it doesn't. 
I was just tired of the the fight. But really what I was tired of, you mentioned about that wig falling off. How about that happened to me, right? <laughs> it happened when I was dropping my son off all day, uh, one day at uh, preschool. And unfortunately, or fortunately, they had cameras in there. So I know they were just like cracking up laughing as I'm looking. I'm trying to find like my wig and my wig was like on the hook. I'm like, how in the world is this possible? Oh, Anyways, I was tired of of hiding mm. who literally who I was. And then I was like, you know what? This is me. I'm yeah. bald. I'm black. I'm beautiful. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is me. This is who I am. And once I started to embrace that, I cannot stress enough how that impacted how I carried myself, mm-hmm. how it impacted how I approach things, how I voice how I how I approach things. And people started to remember me. Uh, previous to that, people would never really remember me. They'd be like, what's your name again? Or, or who are you? And maybe it was because my hairstyle was different or maybe it was a confidence issue. Mm-hmm. But when I essentially stripped myself of all of that, that was when yeah. I just really started to declare the greatness in who I was and believing that. And so that's what I do. When I'm going out into the community, I want people to, I don't want you to feel like you have to change for anything, whether it is the color of your skin, whether it is how you learn, whether it is, it's none of that. Can we always improve? Absolutely. But improving doesn't mean that you have to change the core of who you are. So. Yeah. yeah. And I, I love that story. And um, I can, I can resonate with that from a different perspective. Mine is like being a curvy woman growing up and how that was not something that was a thing. Right. So, right. you know, there's this image that society puts out there of what women's figures should look like. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was really hard for me for a long time. First of all, I'm Latina. Like there's no way I'm going to say a size two forever. <laughs> And I also think it's so unrealistic to expect mm-hmm. women to look a certain type of way. And if they don't, the shame that kind of comes along with it. And um, so mine was mine was like not eating pasta. So mm-hmm. like I felt like, oh, if I don't eat pasta, you know, I I might not gain two pounds or maybe I'll lose some weight. Or if I'm eating pasta and people see me, like, what are they thinking of? Like, you know, all of those things. But once I stripped myself of it and just like, this is who I am. This body's made three people. It's taken me all around the world. These legs have walked in countries and places that other people have never had. So just really embracing that the way you embrace it. And and it's, and it's almost, um, it's freeing. It's very freeing because you feel like you don't need to hide. You're just like, I am here and this is who I am. And when you open that door with people for alopecia who are bald, you're you're doing that for so many other people. So your one action opens so many doors for other people who may feel the way you feel. And by unmasking yourself, there's so much power in that. Yes. And I applaud you. I'm so happy you shared that story because a lot of people wouldn't want to share that story, you know, because it can be it, it's it's intimate. You know what I mean? And it is. Stuff. It is. Yeah. But there's there's power in that, um, yeah. which I recognize. And so I don't try to. I'm pretty much an open book. I I don't ever try to make it seem like I have this like picture perfect life. Like if somebody asked me, I'd be like, y'all know today's a hot mess. Like when is a hot mess? You know what I mean? Like it's that's life. Yeah. And I and I think that we get into this this sense of of feeling like when people are doing well, then everything is perfect, but that's not the case. And and I even feel like that falls into the diversity and inclusion because I look at things in all kinds of ways, mm-hmm. right? And it's yeah. like 
understanding that our lives are different, how we carry ourselves are different, how we deal with the stressors, um, all of those different factors, it's all going to be different. But that inclusion part is also recognizing and accepting that, but making space for other people to be able to um, express themselves without us without us judging them because we get enough judgment <laughs> from enough other people I do it more to ourselves sometimes sometimes i feel like we're judging ourselves so much more but we're real quick to be like lapora you're amazing you're the bomb you know you killing it but then we'll turn around and be so judgmental and hurtful to ourselves there's so much okay. self-love that has to happen and i know that i've gone through that journey it seems like you have too and now you're able to talk about these things and i love the fact that you also added another layer to inclusion and diversity that People look all different types of ways, but they're also going through different things and handle things differently. And what works for one person doesn't work for another. And that that is okay. What's, what's good for you is not good for another person. And it doesn't have to be perfect, right? So mm -hmm. I, girl, you are just dropping <laughs> gems all over this episode. All right, so let's dive in. We're talking about hot mess and managing life. How do you, <laughs> listen, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> have a hot mess Facebook group or something. How do you balance being an entrepreneur with the demands of family and military life? You know, with the moving, with trying to be available to your kids, tell us a little bit more about how you manage that. If you have any good tips, that would be great too. Yeah. So really, honestly, Moni, it's taking it one day at a time. Like when I first started out, I thought that, um, which is probably honestly one, one reason I quit my first business for a lot of reasons, but that was probably one reason is because when I first started, I had this unrealistic expectation of what in my mind, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was seeing myself in 10 years, but I felt like, okay, so six months after starting, this is where I need to be right now. Right. This time around, I recognize that where I see myself when I envision things is 10 years. Well, now maybe eight years because, you know, mm -hmm. September will be two years of my business and I'm taking those steps towards that. And I say it's taking it one step at a time, one day at a time, because I can't do everything at once. Mm -hmm. And when I put that self in my mindset, then when my kids want to spend time with me, it's like, no, no, I don't, I don't have time for this right now. There's work that needs to be done right now. And that becomes a habit versus Sometimes it's about spending time with the family, with my husband, with my kids and putting work second. Sometimes I may there may be a deadline that I need to go ahead and finish, right? It's being able to strike that balance, but ultimately understanding what my priority is. And the reason why I started this business is because I want my time. I want my freedom. I want that quality time with family. And that means that family is my priority. So for me, it's doing the work that I can when my family isn't around and when they are around, placing them as the priority. And that's what works for me. Um, and I know that for every person is different. So sum up, just take your time. Don't You don't have to rush to get to your end goal within a year. Sometimes it takes 10 and that's okay. Yeah, I think um, I, I can definitely resonate with that. And we talk a lot about boundaries and and goals and core values. And when we're in the mess of building a business, because it looks all cool and fancy on the outside, it looks all cool and fancy on the outside. On, on the back end, there's a lot of different things that you have to kind of work through. And I really feel that 
a lot of us start a business and we are every intention is I'm starting and my family is my priority. But then when you start seeing the list of things that you need to actually do to accomplish your first goal, you're like, oh my gosh, I got to do all these things and wear all these different hats to make this yeah. happen amount of time. And we are our worst. Like I said, we do it to ourselves. We give mm-hmm. ourselves unrealistic deadlines, unrealistic goals, unrealistic tasks, because a lot of the things that we're saying we're going to do, we have to learn them. Right. Or especially if we have a business and we're the only person, you can't hire anybody yet. You're learning how to do website design. That is an entire skill craft in itself. You're learning copywriting and editing. That is an entire skill set in itself. And so you are having to learn and do and learn and do where some people have had to only learn one task, go to a job, and get hired for that thing that they're really, really good at, right? Mm-hmm. We have to kind of learn to balance and uh, take on different skills yes. to accomplish our goal. And so we are so hot on ourselves early in our businesses. You know, I mean, even writing a blog, Let's just break down writing a blog. First of all, <laughs> for those of you who are not business owners or have not actually published a blog, it is a lot of work, just the blog itself. You have to have the idea. Mm-hmm. You have to do maybe some research on who's written about the idea because you don't want to have the exact same concept, right? Then you have to write it. Then you have to edit it. Then you have to re-edit it. Send You're it to tired, yes. Yes. <laughs> now you have to publish it. Where are you going to publish it at, right? Yeah. So now you have to learn social media, how many characters go on Twitter, why won't this post, what clips you got to put on. I mean, the graphics, there's so many different things. And so, you know, it takes one blog can take you a whole week, Yeah. you know? If you're really using the content to the best of your advantage, but I think, um, you know, giving yourself grace and asking other people, Hey, Laura, I see you've written a book. Realistically, how did, how long did this take you? Who did you work with? Uh, Do you have any tips of advice? Asking people for help is a huge one, especially in the early stages. So I love the way you said, you know, rethinking about like your core values, your family. Why did you start to begin with and kind of get out of the mess? And sometimes when you're in it, you don't see it. Okay. Um, but you're, if you're in a business now and you're overwhelmed, <laughs> overworked and stretched, step out of it. You've probably overstretched yourself and you need to remind yourself of what your core values are and why you started your business to begin with. Um, so let's start talk a little bit about what advice would you give to other military spouses who are looking to start their own business now that we just kind of talked all about that. Now that we scared everybody. <laughs> now that um, we scared you. <laughs> um, so honestly, there's two things, and they may sound uh, contradictory to each other, but I'll, I'll see if I can explain it um, clearly. So the first thing is to do something that you are passionate about and comfortable with. That's starting out. Um, but after you, after you start out with that and, and whether that is, you know, if you love makeup and there is, uh, whether you want to be a makeup artist or create makeup products, I don't know. Um, if you love writing, you want to be an editor or a writer or an author, just something that you're passionate about. And the reason why is because there's, there are going to be days when you're not going to want to like work for yourself. You're going to want to fire yourself. You're going to be like, if, <laughs> see, like if you're going to be like, if, if I was a different person, I would fire you right now. Like, these are the conversations that I have with myself. Yeah. I don't want to work sometimes. Right. And that's okay too. But you, you that's why you, you want to make sure that it's something that you're passionate about and something that you're comfortable with. And that's because you're going to need a reason to keep going. If you start something and you, 
you never enjoyed it to begin with. And it's going to be a bit of a struggle on those days to go back to it. And then the second thing is just be willing to grow outside of that comfort zone eventually. Um, and I don't know what that point is. It's going to be different for each person, but you're going to have to find something that you're passionate about, but then willing to be to to get outside of that. Case in point, when I wrote my book, I'm comfortable with writing. I'm not necessarily comfortable with sharing it, and I'm not comfortable with marketing. Um, so <laughs> all of those things required that I, I did something that I was passionate about. So when I worked on that book, you know, mornings, I would wake up at like five o'clock in the morning and work on the book before I went to work. And then after the kids and everybody went to bed, I would work on it again at night. Wow. It, it was a lot, but I, I was so excited about it. And then I had to push myself outside of that because now it's now that I've done all of this great work, now I have to share this with the world. Otherwise, nobody knows. Yeah. So start with something that you're passionate about, but then, you know, be prepared to push yourself outside of that and then get some help. Um, mm -hmm. Mentor a coach, like you got to be willing to invest in yourself, yes. honestly, like yes. financially, time-wise, like you got to, there's multiple ways to invest in yourself. Sometimes you have to do all of them. Sometimes yeah. you only do one at a time, but yeah. be willing and prepared to do that. Yeah. we have, I, I feel like this a lot too in our military, now that you talk about elevating and investing in yourself and your business, you feel like there's so many great resources that are for free that when you're first getting started, you think that all of these free resources are going to get you to that next level, but sometimes really investing in what you are doing or um, more leadership skills or to be in a different area, it's sometimes really hard for us as spouses to embrace that mm -hmm. because we're taught, we're not taught, it's kind of like an unknown, I don't know what you call it, like an unknown saying that, you know, spouses, we want everything for free and we deserve the free stuff. And the thing is, free stuff is great, but it's not always what you need to elevate and step out of your comfort zone and investing in masterminds, investing in a coach, investing in a program, investing in some educational resources. That's what you need. All of those things are only going to add to your skill set in some way. So I'm really glad that you said that. I, I feel like we should have more conversations around investing in yourself and, and, and encouraging other spouses to do the same as well, especially when you're building a business. So grow and elevate and invest in yourself are some really great tips. So now we're going to talk about challenges and we've all faced them and you've shared some with us already. Um, what have what challenges have you faced in promoting diversity and inclusion in your business and how have you overcome those barriers? Um, some of the, the challenges that I faced with it is, I'm trying to think how to word this too. <laughs> it doesn't so, have to be perfect, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> you know, so, some of the the the, the circles that I, I I run in when it comes to specifically like learning and development and <clears throat> really just wanting to let people understand that one way is not every way, but I get a lot of that and I get a lot of pushback as far as well this is the way it is, you know what I mean? Like look at you, you're shaking your head because you know right? Like yes. <laughs> I I mean I have a team and I have people on my team that help me build my business. And I know there's a way that we've done things. And when you bring people or new perspectives in and you hear their opinion about the way that they're seeing things, there's always ways to improve or change things to maximize or introduce new things 
to what we're doing only for the betterment of your business. Nobody's ever going to come into your business and suggest things because they want to see you fail. They want to see you win or they want to share something. So yeah, yeah I'm shaking my head because I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> and the, the thing about it is, is that I'm open to those. Um, I'm open to those conversations, but I found that a lot of people are not open to those conversations. They're not necessarily open to um, the feedback. And what I mean by that is, is if somebody gives me an idea and, and I, and I say challenge it, I, I feel like there's such a negative connotation when we say we challenge things. It's like, oh my gosh, you're trying to start an argument. No, that's not what I mean at all. I challenge it because I really want to know, like, it's almost like a debate. Uh, debates are, are, are healthy. Like you want to, the, the goal is to poke holes in each other's arguments, right? For you to see like, if there is a hole there, how do I fill it? How do I fix it? But the challenge that I run into is that there's not a lot of people that are willing to have those conversations. There's not a lot of people that are willing to give negative feedback, which I'm actually, I'm okay with accepting. Trust me, I get a lot of them with a book. Um, (laughs) Unsolicited advice. Right. But it's like, okay, now that you've now provided that advice, what is your reasoning for that? And when you ask those follow up questions, sometimes you don't get the follow up information. And this could be from both sides. Sometimes I've been guilty of that where I've gotten when I first started, when I've gotten feedback and I I didn't really want to hear it. Like, let's just be honest. I did not want to hear that feedback. So I did not ask questions, but I also did not grow from it. Yeah. And so it's really important whether you're giving it, whether you're receiving it, that you have to be open to that that feedback. And that was a challenge that I've had. And sometimes it still is a challenge that I have, mostly just because of other things that I need to resolve with them myself. <laughs> but it's really just just getting past that and having those open conversations. That's that's probably the biggest challenge that I've had. On, on both ends. So I know that that's kind of a different one, but it's just because I'm, I'm in my head a lot. Sometimes I can be an overthinker. So my challenges tend to be um, uh, the ones where it's thought process involved, like highly thought process, like how do, how do things work this way? Yeah. And you need to understand how things work when you go into a business. And so let's talk about, so I recently invested in a high level mastermind and coaching, like both. And they, they asked the question, well, why do you do that? Well, Mm -hmm. why is it that that's done? Tell me how that happens. And these questions pull back and they strip back layers of why you're either performing the way you do don't um are insecure about certain things it starts to pull back systems and processes or actions that you're doing that are preventing you from growth i mean the whys are more like for me opportunities for improvement so when you come in and you say well why is it that you're doing x y and z then they talk about the process well why is that process where did you get that process from or where's that information coming from Right. People don't like to answer hard questions because, and this is just my opinion, either A, they don't know why, B, they're hiding something, or C, they don't, they don't, they don't even want to explain it because they're, they're overwhelmed. 
So I I really think there's a lot of that's that's really great that you see that, but you're willing to to still keep talking and representing diversity and inclusion in your work. So, I mean, obviously, you're really passionate about this and you, you know, speak about it. I see you on social media sharing about it, which you were talking about. That's one of the things that you have to kind of like step outside and elevate and kind of talk. I was, you know, you have to invest in advocating your in yourself, invest in yourself, advocate for yourself. I'm sorry, there's so many people on social media. If you're not talking to your audience with the platform you have, nobody's gonna hear about it. So you have to be doing it. You're a prime example of saying like, hey, I'm not really comfortable with this. I really loved writing it. I mean, I was writing so much, but like getting it out there has been, you know, like something I've had to step into and growth. And so I applaud you for that because there's a lot of people that feel that way. So what are you most passionate about in your business? How do you hope to inspire others to celebrate diversity and inclusion in the entrepreneurship world? Um, learning and learning and development. That's 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 what I'm most passionate about. Um, um, and with that, it really is helping people to learn and developing them, see them grow, to see the growth from before the workshop started and after, to see the results. Like if there is an assignment, and I I use the word assignment very loosely because they can choose to do it or not. Like it's not, you know, required mandated homework, excuse me, but seeing them come back and saying it worked, you know, or these are the results, like, it's like okay, like this is this is wonderful. This is great. I love to see it, um, and also seeing seeing the alternate perspectives to different things. I try to do surveys at the end of each workshop, getting you know going back to that feedback, getting good feedback, but also setting myself up to say, hey, you know, what do you think can be improved? I am passionate about learning. Like there's always something different that can be done. There's always something that can be um, improved. You mentioned about the fact that some people need something to do with their hands whenever they're learning. And that was one of the, the the things that I learned early on that someone I learned because someone shared it with me when they did like the little survey was asking like what can be done. And one of the the participants said, well, it would be really nice if we had like, you know, little hand doodles or just something. That we calls yeah, something. You know. I was like, what? I was like, what? Like that my initial reaction was why? You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> And so, but just once I did that, like it improved. And then I realized that technically I do things like that too. I didn't yeah. even realize it, but I usually just like doodle with like a pen or something and I just yeah. keep it occupied, but people like things like that. Anyways, um, so really just being passionate about that and honestly being passionate about looking at alternative uh, perspectives to things and not always taking things at face value. I'm extremely passionate about not only that, but showing people how to do that as well. Um, because again, when we're talking about diversity and inclusion, you can't just take things at face value. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the great examples that um, I heard when I was in a, um, a a group one time was that you know you can look at different coffee mugs, and on the outside, each coffee mug may look alike. They may all look the same, but in the inside, you know, one may have an orange lining, may, one may have a yellow lining, one may have a white, a blue. So they're all different inside. But the only way you're going to get to that point is by being more inclusive and really building those genuine connections and getting to know people. So, yeah. Yeah, I love that. So how can the military community support and promote the entrepreneur efforts of military spouses? 
So there are a lot of different things. Of course, if you know of a, a spouse that's uh, selling something, either purchasing, right, or um, or sharing, right, but or purchasing, right. But there are other things that you can do that doesn't necessarily require uh, money. So, for instance, sharing a post. If that military spouse entrepreneur is posting on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever social media platform that they're using, share their posts, engage with their posts, because when you do those things, you're going to increase the reach of that military spouse. Um, also, telling people, so word of mouth, the majority of the business, especially because I'm still you know, relatively new to starting out, comes from people referring me. I'm, I try to market myself and I try to keep telling people what I do. But what helps the most is when somebody who I've already told tells somebody else mm -hmm. about what I do um, and not even just telling them about what I do, but telling them how useful that service is that I provide. Or if there's a product, telling them about how, how useful that is as well. Um, and then also finding out a little bit more, reaching out to that military spouse and finding out specifically what that military spouse needs. Mm -hmm. um, and then maybe you can 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 share that on a platform. So not everything has to be money oriented. Mm -hmm. It can be time. It could be, you know, the simple act of sending a message to somebody, checking your network and seeing if anybody in your network could use the services, making an introduction. So there's just a lot of different things that are available, but those are the ones that are top of mind. Yeah, no, those are all really great, um, great ways to support military spouses who have businesses. Finally, who is one person who has inspired you most in your life so far and why? Oh, this question I never answer too well. <laughs> I, I feel like I never do either because I feel like it's just depending on the situation. Right. So maybe let's talk about your entrepreneurship journey. Like who has inspired you the most um, when it comes to that? Um, I don't know if it's a specific person, more so a person type. Mm -hmm. Um, just I, I really love hearing about. I know it's going to be sounds like it's like misery loves company type thing, but it's really not. <laughs> I really love hearing about the struggles that people have had because it normalizes that struggles are real, that challenges are real. Um. So even though um, I guess this person, I'll just say this person, Viola Davis isn't a, <laughs> she's not a military spouse. She's not a, right. She's an actress. Right. But like she normalizes being human and all of the different things that, that happen with it. But, and so that's kind of like one that a lot of people know of. She normalizes like all of the different challenges that come your way, but people who don't or, or a person that people don't know of are honestly like, my grandparents, who they're, um, none of them are, are alive, but they were all examples of what it meant to work really hard, not necessarily receive um, praise for the work that you do, but you still continue to do it because yeah. you know the um, the impact that it can make. Oh my gosh, that is that is really deep, and I know a lot of what you do and what I do, and a lot of spouses in our community do. It's it's the impact that what their work does like who they're impacting and legacies they're going to leave behind is why they get up and do what they're doing. It's not necessarily for the, you know, for recognition or for money. It's, it truly is comes from that passion you talked about earlier, which helped you start your business and, you know, leaving that impact. So that is um, such a great way to 
start wrapping up, you know, our conversation here, you know, just make sure that if you are a spouse looking for starting a business, think about these things. Who's inspired you? What impact and legacy do you want to leave behind? What type of passion do you have that you can do every single day? I really love all of those things and all of those perspectives that you brought and also additionally sharing more when people think of diversity and inclusion, they only think of color. And today we talked about color, we talked about learning, we talked about all different types of um, diversity and inclusion methods or things that we would need to think about. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. I really know that this is gonna add so much value to so many people. Um, before we wrap up though, I wanna make sure and get some final thoughts Mm -hmm. from you and i would love to i would love for you to share more um any resources um that we talked that you talked about today where we can find them or anything that you have coming up that we can support you as well um so yeah as far as resources i mentioned mentorship early on and i, I think it's it's so essential to be able to have um someone in your your corner i heard a, a famous saying that you know not everyone in your circle is in your corner so you really want to make sure that you have individuals who are going to be there to support you mentors having a mentor is going to be one of those ways um american corporate partners right is a mentorship program that is available for military spouses and I, the mentor that I wanted was someone to help me with my business. So you can get them for career opportunities, but you can also get them to help you with your business. So that one was um, really helpful. There's also a book that I read um, called The Courage to be Disliked. And it's actually an older, it's, it's an older book. And I'm probably, I'm not shocked. It's more like philosophical storyline, whatever, but I absolutely, it was, it was my cup of tea. Um, so I recommend that. And um, Moni, I'm going to give you a shout out as well for AMC. <laughs> oh, thank you. Right? That's so for kind. Being able to, to be a part of a community, right? That So you can share those struggles at the, the, the coffee chats and, and also be able to have the opportunity to learn from people who are years ahead of you, which is always helpful. So you don't have to, you don't have to always make mistakes. You just learn from somebody else's, you know, if they say there's a hole there. Okay. I'm going to step to the side. Thank you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love the way you put that. That should be the title for this entire podcast. There's a hole there. Okay. Let me <laughs> you know, no, so, thank yeah. you so much for your kind words. And I do, uh, ACP is an incredible organization and partner of, um, We've worked with them as well, and also I would I would say Nasdaq Entrepreneurial Center has mm. a program called Mentor Makers, and you will be uh, totally uh, fangirling or like whatever because there are people on here, CEOs and CMOs and COOs of corporate organizations who they do pro bono you know, they, this is part of their job as they are mentoring people. So you can sign up to have office hours with them and talk with them and consistently keep that going. Okay. So I love that you shared that. Wow. This, this is, this entire podcast or this episode has been all the gems for oh, anybody, you. any spouse in any stage of business struggling with any, we even talked about body shaming type of issues that we have and how kind of embracing that allows you to step into who you are in your business. So I want to just say thank you so much for spending time with us. Where can we find you? 
Uh, so I'm primarily on LinkedIn. I know military spouses don't like to use it, but please <laughs> join us. <laughs> it is free. <laughs> yes, it's free. But I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. I'm Lapore Lindsay. Honestly, if you if you Google me, my handle should pop up. Um, Lapore Lindsay, L-A-P-O-R-A-L-I-N-D-S-E-Y. And be sure to check out my book as well, Bottom of the Food Chain. Um, and I hope that if you do, that you enjoy it. So, yeah. And don't forget to leave reviews. <laughs> wherever you bought it from because that always helps well thank you so much for being here with us for this time and sharing everything that you shared with us today i look forward to seeing you grow and thrive on social thank you